electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Bring in show music, please. This is Squawk Pod. I'm CNBC producer Katie Kramer. Today on our podcast, another pandemic month in the books and not a great jobs recovery to show for it. The September labor report is here. I see 194,000. That is real low. And kids' vaccines, recommended but maybe not required. Pfizer's latest news with Dr. Scott Gottlieb. I don't see any kind of mandated use of this vaccine. For a long time, I don't see CDC making a recommendation that this gets incorporated into the childhood immunization schedule. Those stories plus don't mess with Texas or Tesla and Tinder's on Lyft. All my exes live in Texas. That's why you hang your hat in Tennessee. That's right. It's Friday, October 8th, 2021. Squawk Pod begins right now. Stand back you by in three, two, one, cue please. Good morning, everybody. Happy Friday. Welcome to Squawk Box here on CNBC. I'm Becky Quick, along with Joe Kernan and Andrew Ross Sorkin. And Andrew, welcome back. We missed you. Thank you very much. Joe didn't. You. you weren't. I mean, I don't know. You didn't hear before. Joe didn't miss me that much, but I'm, I'm glad that you did. So thank you. Well, we missed I, you. I appreciate it. I can't possibly say it enough how much I miss him. If I just say it in sort of an average way, it's not. A, I, I need to be like flowing with 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 welcome. But I didn't. There was no gift. Okay, uh, Monday. You're mad that you didn't get an airport T-shirt. Gotcha. Let's start with uh, the big news of uh, this morning. Straight out of Washington, the Senate passing a short-term increase to the debt limit. Elon Moy joins us with the latest. Good morning. Well, good morning, Andrew. We are one big step closer to avoiding a historic and potentially catastrophic government default after the Senate finally passed that short-term increase in the debt limit last night. On this vote, the yeas are 50, the nays are 48. The motion to concur with the amendment is agreed to. Under the previous order, the motion to reconsider is considered made and laid upon the table. The clerk now, in the end, Republicans the helped pave the way for the vote, despite months of insisting that Democrats go it alone. Eleven Republicans sided with Democrats to advance this bill. But the final tally was straight down party lines. Fifty Democrats in favor 48 Republicans against. Majority Leader Chuck Schumer accused the GOP of playing a dangerous and risky game. America's full faith and credit must never be used as a political bargaining chip. I hope my Republican colleagues relent from trying to make it one when we re- revisit this issue soon. Now, that tone did not go over well with the other side of the aisle or even with moderate Democratic Senator Joe Manchin who literally put his head in his hands during parts of that speech. Now, that could be because Democrats are going to need more help from Republicans in just a few weeks. The bill only increases the debt limit by $480 billion, which Treasury projects will last until about December the 3rd. Now, that is also the same day that government funding runs out, and the two parties will need to work together to prevent a shutdown as well. So, Andrew, we're just headed for another fiscal cliff in December. Back over to you. And do you have any expectation that it's any better by then? That's the thing I can't figure out. Is there, is, how, how does this work no. and how, why would that improve <laughs> the situation? 
I, I'm not sure that it improves anything, Andrew. I think they're just trying to make it less bad right now. So there is some, you know, hope amongst Democrats that if they can unify their caucus and get the infrastructure and social spending packages uh, passed by Halloween, you know, then they can, you know, turn their full attention to bipartisan negotiations with Republicans. You know, I think, frankly, that is wildly optimistic given the level of rancor we saw even last night when they did pass this debt limit bill. Um, and I'd also point out that December 3rd, as the deadline for raising the debt limit next, I mean, December 3rd is when the government is going to run out of those extraordinary measures. So the debt limit will have to be raised well before December 3rd to avoid rattling markets. So um, we just don't know what this timeline is going to look like. And I think that uh, Democrats are going to find themselves right back in the same position when they're trying to negotiate with Republicans uh, later on this year. Well, we keep pointing out it's not an election year. Andrew, we, I, you weren't around, but, you know, we've got New Jersey yep. governor and, and we have Citarelli on. Uh, I think that's how you say it. We have him to talk about it, challenging Phil Murphy and the, the numbers are getting closer. And then, you know, the big, big one down in Virginia, you've seen the McAuliffe mm-hmm. and Youngkin that has narrowed to where it's almost a horse race uh, at this point. Maybe it's some of the education comments from, from McAuliffe, but we're going to know in November get at least a somewhat of a snapshot of maybe the mood in some states that are sort of, you know, Virginia has been blue, but, you know, if there was a red move there, gubernatorial, and there's other, some other ones. So I think by December, you know, that you may, pressure. You, no, you just may know the mood of the country more. There are some people that, that, that think the mood has soured in, in general. I mean, McAuliffe said something weird about Biden. Uh, did you see that? He said something like he's not popular here in Virginia. Well, why isn't he popular? He won Virginia by a pretty good margin. Is that flipped? We will see. It's Friday. It's drum roll, please. Jobs Friday again. Today, the Labor Department unveiled the number of U.S. jobs added in September. That is a key metric as we watch the American recovery from this ongoing pandemic. And unfortunately, the report was not at all what economists were hoping for. Only 194,000 jobs were added last month, compared to an estimate of 500,000. The unemployment rate fell to 4.8 percent, which is good. But that might be the only good news. Our Becky Quick parsed the report with CNBC's senior economics reporter Steve Leisman, Austin Gould be professor of economics at the Chicago Booth School, and Kate Moore, head of thematic strategy at BlackRock. Steve, what do you see? 194. Whoa. I see 194,000. That is real low. We're not seeing people come back to work in the kind of numbers that we're going to need to put to work the 5 million or so, uh, find the 5 million jobs that are, are down from the pandemic. Austin, the key question for the markets has to be, does this put the Fed's taper on hold? Are we going to see it kick off next month? Or is this something that they will say, OK, we need one more month of data? What do you think? Well, we might be back into one of these cycles where they keep saying what they want to do, but then the data come in and then they say, OK, well, we're going to start next month. So I think you're right. The market is, is going to this is going to add question marks rather than add clarity. All right, Kate, let me just ask you about the market's reaction to this. As we kick off third quarter earnings, there are three really specific labor questions to be asking um, as we listen to company management's report, which is, you know, how are they handling the shortages in labor? You know, how are they discussing the wage pressures? Because as we said just before the number came out, that the wages were the most important thing. Six tenths uh, increase month over month is very, very notable. Wages are sticky. And 
what type of investments are companies making to offset their total cost of labor? Because it's not just the wages, right? It's right. the benefits and everything else. That's a very good point. Sam's Club is unveiling its holiday plans. This is water cooler? Just so yeah. I just want to be clear on what we're seeing here. Yeah, saying it's expecting customers to host more gatherings this year. As a result, the members-only warehouse will throw more store events, sell bigger turkeys, uh, bigger turkeys, yep. fatten them up, <laughs> and larger sizes of popular side dishes. This is all Fauci-willing, uh, obviously, whether we do this. Uh, Fauci and also- said last week that he does think we'll get together. I will be spending Christmas with my family. I encourage people, particularly the vaccinated people who are protected, to have a good, normal Christmas with your family. I saw him have to You're backtrack to that. You're good to I go. know. After I think people some said, of his stuff got taken out of context. I went back and looked at the original stuff he I said. Saw, I saw what he said. He yeah. said, yeah, we'll see whether you whether I'm going to let you go and see your relatives on Christmas. No, the, 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 but the one thing I will say is we'll see if it's safe, which I get, because how many times have we seen twists and turns through this right. pandemic? How many of us thought we'd still be de- dealing with Delta at this I, point? I saw some. It was maybe the onion or the other one that said, uh, Fauci now saying we're going to be able to do, we may be able to do this, with this Christmas what we've already done the last two Christmases. <laughs> um, and, and carry more toy brands is also going to do that. It's also, this, this is what I was really excited about. Ooh. It's also launching a wine delivery service in 16 states to drop off six and 12-pack bottles of wine Whoa. at member stores. If you're not drinking wine <laughs> that comes in a six-pack... <laughs> You're not invited over. I mean, am I right or am I right? Uh, huh? Are you huh? talking two-buck Chuck? Yeah. <laughs> what does that mean, a six-pack Well, it of means wine. that they're not going to come out for two bottles of wine. If you order a big order, if you're expecting company, they mean half a case. They, they don't mean a okay. six-pack. They mean a half a case. They will deliver if you're going to order a bunch of wine, but I not if you just MD, want a bottle or two. <laughs> I thought MD20 was coming now. I was in, thinking two-buck Chuck, yeah. It's 20 proof, you know. Is there, it really? are, there are wines that you can get 20%, now. I'm sorry, 20%, you know, 40 with, proof. If, look, some people put a little seltzer water into their wine, a little ice. And then, friends that do that? Yeah. <laughs> asking for a friend. Yeah. Right. Uh, meantime, and I'm not, asking for a, I'm not asking for a friend on this next it's, story. Yeah. Just, just that, saying, leading into this next story. Leading into this next story. Yeah, we're we're going to talk about Lyft and Tinder because they are teaming up to let Tinder members buy a ride for a potential date. Now, you can buy a ride credit in the Explore section of the Tinder app. You won't get details on your match's address, so you don't have to worry about the the security issue there. But you can set the time, location, and value of the credit. Then the recipient will get a link via email or text. The sender can choose a one-way or (laughs) round-trip ride and will get a (laughs) refund if it's not used. So... The, the thing about Tinder, I think, story. the thing about Tinder is that you're, in this case, you're sending them the credit. They don't even know. I mean, they'll know it, but they don't know you like them, do they? I mean, how does this work? At that point, I guess, I guess they gonna, find out that you... If you're going to meet for a date, that hey, you like guess them what? And they, I'll make sure I give you a ride, right. maybe just here, maybe round trip. But, man, this is... I, Right. What a happens if you don't get a, a one what if you don't get a round, round trip, trip ride? Round trip. You can get a ride one way or um, it really should be a, should be round trip from the beginning. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I yeah. think they shouldn't even do the one way. That feels cheap. Yeah. Right. Chintzy, suggestive. How many other words could I come up with? You know, you might uh, go from Tinder and Lyft to Netflix. 
jobs. And chill. Just trying to figure out how much, do, how much partnership to be done. This, whole, this new world, this is a brave new world. It, it just would have saved me a lot of time, and my liver would be in better shape, and, I, you know, I even... Yeah, I have to leave your living you're, room. You're, you're shorting the bar business, is what you're yes. suggesting. Yes, yeah. What my, you know, I told you, man. I, 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 I did my, po- my posing never fine. paid off, ever. My posing in a bar never Shut. paid off, and I, you know, too afraid to talk to anyone, so... And, and, you? Yeah. Afraid to talk to people? Girls? Ladies? Yes, I was. I was afraid. I'm afraid to talk every morning. Yeah. I'm right. afraid to keep talking about this. Let's yeah, get us out I'm of here. I'm just really glad I'm married. Right. Really That's what I said. You can stop dating, stop exercising, you know. Becky, help us. Stop help dating. Us. Coming up, Pfizer is asking regulators to authorize emergency use of its COVID vaccine for children ages 5 to 11. The former head of the FDA and a Pfizer board member, Dr. Scott Gottlieb, joins us next. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. This is Squawk Pod from CNBC. Here's Becky Quick. Pfizer asking the FDA yesterday for emergency use authorization of its COVID vaccine for kids who are aged 5 to 11. The agency is set to meet and consider that request later this month. And joining us right now to talk more about it is Dr. Scott Gottlieb. He is former FDA commissioner and a CNBC contributor. Of course, he also serves on the boards of both Pfizer and Illumina. And Scott, you've been kind of walking us through this. This is uh, this is something that means we are still on track for that meeting that comes. What is it, the 25th or 26th of October when the FDA considers it? That's right. So the FDA advisory committee is meeting October 26th. Um, they'll make a decision on the application at that point, whether or not they recommend authorization of the vaccine for 5 to 11. And then CDC would convene shortly after that and make a recommendation about use of the vaccine. So we're talking the first week of November, probably, that if they do approve it, kids would be able to get the shots? Yeah, I think it would be available fairly soon after authorization and and a positive CDC recommendation. Um, You know, the company's been working to get the vaccine into the supply chain in the kind of packaging that's going to be required for delivery to, uh, to kids ages 5 to 11. So there shouldn't be any delay in availability. How likely are the FDA and the CDC to go along and approve this? And I ask only because, you know, with the booster shots, we thought it was maybe going to be an easier situation than it was. Not everyone on those advisory panels agreed with it. Is there a chance that this would be something that only went to some portions of those kids, the older kids? Is there a, a chance that they would say no outright, that they want more information? 
Yeah, look, it's hard for me to speculate um, what FDA or CDC might do. I don't see anything in the application or haven't heard anything in the commentary around the data from the public health community that would suggest that there is any controversy around this. I think where, you know, people um, are, are more uh, uncomfortable is whether or not this is going to be mandated. And I don't see any kind of mandated use of this vaccine for a long time. Um, I don't see CDC re making a recommendation that this gets incorporated into the childhood immunization schedule or that this be mandated for children for years and years from now. I think the CDC is going to want to wait to see what the post-pandemic phase looks like. Um, they'll probably look at adolescents very differently than they look at kids age 5 to 11. They'll want multiple vaccines on the market and approved by FDA, fully approved. So that's where I see some um, chatter and controversy in the public health community or among consumers, but nothing related to the application itself or the data set per se. Los Angeles has already taken the step of saying that they want to make sure that anybody ages 12 and up is um, mandated to get that vaccine to go to school there. It, why, why would you not see that take place in other places, especially in kids age 5 to 11? And, and, and just in terms of expanding the controversy. Right. Look, I think that there's going to be some select cities that make the decision to do this, like Los Angeles. I don't think Los Angeles is going to be the only one. And you probably will see some private schools make that decision. First of all, um, adolescents 12 and up is a different decision than 5 to 11. Um, the data from the adult population is transferable to kids ages 12 and up generally from a regulatory standpoint. Ages 5 to 11, you generally want a, a separate data set. And I, so I think CDC is going to want to have a lot of data in uh, 5 to 11-year-olds before they start considering whether or not this should be incorporated into a childhood immunization schedule. Traditionally, we see a delay in years between the availability of a new vaccine and adoption into the childhood immunization schedule. So I don't think that this is going to be federally mandated for many years. I think you will see some select cities making decisions to do that, but that's going to be the rare exception. Some people are pretty anxious to get their younger kids vaccinated, especially if they're at heightened risk. Um, how difficult is it going to be to find a place where you can get a shot? It's probably not something you can go to your pediatrician's office on the first week of November and expect to get this. Where, where would you be able to take your child if you want to get it right away? Yeah, I suspect some larger pedi pediatrician practices will distribute this, but it's going to be available in pharmacies like the adult vaccines are available. And I suspect you're also going to see some local townships set up vaccination sites like they did for vaccines for adolescents, where they administer them at clinics, maybe at schools and other, other settings where just kids can come in and get it. So I think that local communities are going to create distribution sites. I know the federal government's working on supporting the availability of some of those as well. Dr. Gottlieb, thank you. Uh, always great to see you and uh, have a great weekend. Thanks a lot. Cheese will be next. Next on Squawk Pod, Tesla is on the move. The automaker changing headquarters to Texas. Does this mean the CEO has won us all over? I really think we need to cherish Elon Musk. He's a once-in-a-generation type guy like an Edison. You're coming around on Elon. I do love him. Now you love him. We'll be right back. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.
Stand by, Joe. And three, You're listening to Squawk Pod. One is Mike Q. Good morning and welcome to Squawk Box here on CNBC. Becky is, has a Friday smile. I'm Joe Kernan along with Becky Quick uh, and, and Andrew Ross. I'm going to have you. Do I not get a Friday smile? I honestly, I, I honestly think you dread weekends. I do. Because your career is on hold. Your career is temporarily on hold. It's like, like you're itching. You're like, I've got to do something. Got to work. Yeah. Got to so, work. Yeah. Okay. That's true. It's good to be on a fast track. It is. It is. It's really good. Uh, good to be on a fast track. U.S. Hustle, equity. the side hustle. Hustle. Right. Hustle, hustle, hustle. Um, and Monday comes way too quick. It, we know that. We know That has been demonstrated again and again and again. Tesla's moving its headquarters from Palo Alto. California to Austin, Texas. Elon Musk making the announcement uh, during the company's shareholder meeting yesterday. Musk says, though, that the company still plans to increase production at its California uh, facility. Now, among the other headlines from yesterday's meeting, Musk talked about the global chip shortage and its potential impact on sales growth. Basically, if we can get the chips, (laughs) we can do it. Um, So uh, hopefully this chip shortage will alleviate soon. But um, I feel confident um, of being able to maintain something like this at least above 50% for quite a while. So what I was going to mention, if you look behind the scenes, supposedly Governor Abbott called Elon and they were talking and then Abbott kind of maybe spoke out of turn or maybe Elon didn't want to, but said that another one of Elon's reasons was, you know, taxes, regulation, but also some of the social uh, issues that, that, that happened in Texas. I don't think he's talking about the, the abortion one, but I think he's talking what about just in general. talking ge- about, if not abortion? Just some of the, but then uh, Elon Musk said, no, I, I, don't, I don't get into politics at all. So yeah. he kind of like pushed back on whether that was true. And that would but, surprise me from Elon. I would think the taxes yeah, and I, regulation would be the reason he'd be doing this. Like, yeah, that, but he and has he's been very certain, vocal about that. He's tweeted certain things that sort of, maybe he was just uh, kidding about Sleepy this- Joe. He said, no. uh, "Where, well, where, where look, was Joe at the time?" And he goes, he's "Maybe been very he was frustrated as- by the- maybe maybe he was asleep." He's been Remember very frustrated by the Biden administration SEC, for two reasons. First of all, not inviting them yeah, to we're not right. inviting them to but the electric vehicles, yeah. and then also the bill, the infrastructure bill, will benefit other electric vehicle makers, domestic ones right. who use union only, and yeah, so it, it cuts inviting. Tesla out, it, it cuts right. Toyota out, and, that, and I think the union issue has been a big reason that the administration is just But let's just separate the issues. He better stick with. The slight, the slight uh, from the Biden administration is that issue. Right. The social issues, I actually, I think I is wrong insofar as Elon actually w- went on Twitter, I don't know, a couple of, maybe right. a month or two ago to actually push back when Abbott was, because inter- remember, Abbott was actually interviewed on TV about this. Right. Where he said that where he tried to suggest that, that Elon was in lockstep with him and effectively on, on the, so, on, 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 frankly, on the abortion issue. And there, then you had Elon effectively try to right. say, maybe not, but I'm right. not going to get into this with everybody. I, I, I think it's, you don't necessarily need to embrace Texas and, and what you would think of as social issues there, but you may have a problem with some of the West Coast social issues. You may, they, that may be just too far. I mean, look at what's Portland and all the way down. Look, I to, think Elon's been pretty vocal. And he was, remember, also during the pandemic, during right. the pandemic, he, he was, was so frustrated that they couldn't and get housing prices. people back to work in California right. because of the local laws. 
housing prices. Yeah, he's been pretty it, vocal about all the stuff he hates. But in about terms California. of the left, it's as whack and progressives. It's as whack in San Francisco as you get anywhere that you would think. Although Austin, you know, I think he could be comfortable in Austin. Yeah, Austin's a nice place. Well, Austin also is not like the rest of Texas. Uh, it isn't like the rest of Texas. No, it's not at all. A lot of places aren't like the rest of Texas. If you look at places in Houston, if you look at places in Dallas, you know, it depends on where you are. All my exes live in Texas. That's why I hang my That's hat, why you in, hang Tennessee. Your hat in Tennessee. That's right. Phil Abo joins us. He's got more on that. And, and Phil, people had been thinking maybe this was going to be a switch to headquarters. Uh, how much did it catch people by surprise? Or was this kind of like, oh, yeah, we get it? I think everybody was, oh, yeah, we get it. Nobody's surprised that they're moving the headquarters to Texas. Uh, and last night when they started the annual meeting, Check out this graphic that they made. As soon as it popped up, I thought, well, that's kind of interesting. It looks like a sheriff's badge with the Tesla logo in the middle, and it says, don't mess with. Well, we all know what that means. Don't mess with Texas. Don't mess with Tesla. Texas is where they have built a new gigafactory, started production in July of 2020. They're almost done. In fact, they're going to begin production uh, of the first vehicles to come out of there later this year. It'll be model-wise. As for the Cybertruck, which will be built at that gigafactory, Elon Musk said last night that it won't go into production until later next year. And the goal for Tesla, according to Musk, is bringing down the cost of vehicles overall. But that's a challenge right now in this environment. Our goal really is to make the cars as affordable as possible. Um, We are seeing significant cost pressure in our supply chain. um, And uh, so we've had to increase um, uh, vehicle prices, uh, at least temporarily. But we do hope to actually reduce the prices over time and make them more affordable. As that Gigafactory comes online, and remember, there is another Gigafactory that is going to be opening before the end of the year outside of Berlin, Germany. Those two should really ramp up their ability to deliver well over a million vehicles over the next couple of years. This is what you're seeing last year, a half million vehicles. So far this year, they've delivered 627,000 vehicles. Most believe they'll get close to 850 to 875,000 vehicles this year. Uh, And Elon Musk said, look, we're growing at about a 50 percent clip. That will continue as long as the chip supply improves in the future, which he is cautiously optimistic that will happen. One other note about this move to Texas. One thing that Elon Musk stressed yesterday is that the company is not completely abandoning California. They still have the plant in Fremont. That plant should expand production over the next couple of years, according to Elon Musk. Guys, I've been out there several times. They're bursting at the seams at that plant. Man, that plant was the old Numi plant for General Motors and Toyota. It was landlocked. It's still landlocked. There's a limit to how much you can do with that facility out there. Uh, And when you add in offices and the headquarters right next door in Palo Alto, not surprised at all that they're moving the headquarters down to Austin. Hey, Phil, one, one of the things he talked about, and, and you mentioned this, the, the chip supply, that, that being a bit able to yep. get enough chips is a real problem. He said something, I think, like, we, we hope it, it, it'll get resolved soon. And I just wonder if he knows something we don't or if that's just kind of wishful thinking, because most of the people we hear from think that that's not going to get resolved anytime even next year. I took that language as being similar to what we heard from GM executives earlier this week in Detroit and what we've heard from other auto executives. Cautious optimism. That's all I took it as in terms of the situation. According to people that we've talked with, it is improving 
but very gradually. It's not like they're flipping a switch and everything's better. And remember, even as the supply improves, Becky, it's going to take a long time for the auto industry to build up its inventory again. Now, it's a slightly different situation with uh, Tesla because they're not supplying a dealer network, uh, but they still are impacted to some degree, although we saw with their deliveries in the third quarter. They managed this situation far better than every other automaker out there or almost every other automaker out there. Uh, And so when he said that, I listened to it and I thought, okay, he's cautiously optimistic. That's about as much as I took it. You know, actually, when when you say that that's what you're hearing from all of them, I I didn't realize. I was thinking that this was going to be a a bad problem that wouldn't get resolved anytime next year. But it it sounds like it's improving on a a gradual basis. So maybe we've seen the worst of it. Is that a fair assessment? Well, I think we've seen the worst of it in terms of the ability of automakers and their production. In other words, the production schedules, they're down, I don't know, anywhere from 10 to 15 percent, you know, relative to where they were uh, last year in the fourth quarter. Um, Most believe you're going to see a gradual improvement from there. But remember, it's the building up the inventory. That's the real problem here. When you talk with dealers in the auto industry overall, we're not talking about Tesla, auto industry overall, the problem is they don't have the ability to build up their inventory at all. And that's because the automakers are running production at full schedule right now. And even at that, they're still not doing all of their shifts. Did you see his analogy, Elon's analogy? Uh, Phil, he said it's so crowded. It's like people, they're, they're like spam in a can. I mean, he, he, he is funny. I, I, he, I, I don't know how he came up with that, but I really think we need to cherish Elon Musk. I really do. I mean, he's a once-in-a-generation um, type guy like an Edison or, or He is something. a once-in-a-generation leader. There's no and, doubt and, about that. And he's very no frank and blunt and funny and sometimes think, says things like there's no way you should have said that or tweeted it. The SEC stuff or whatever does things. But we need, I really think so. I think we, we really need to cherish him because he's, it's, you know, we're living at the same time as this guy. We weren't, not all of us were living at the same time as Edison. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you stuff. I'll give you material. There's a headline. You know what I mean? I'll give you material. I'm, I'm, you're coming around on I'll give you. I'll give you you're coming around on I Elon. love it. I, I do love him. I now you love him. Always moving to Texas. For years, you could. You, for years, no, always. That's not, no, because was, it was I a turning understand. point was Saturday Night Live because that was pretty good and pretty self-deprecating and explaining yeah, and, it. I, that I, that actually caught all me that with stuff. For years, I would say, if you're betting against Elon, you're betting against humanity, it's amazing. It's funny how it's flipped. Funny how it's flipped. It hasn't flipped. I still think... The flamethrower. He lost you with the flamethrower. No, there's things he's done that that I don't always love, but, I mean, how could you not? I think he's cashing in. different than the valuation of the company or the this or that. It's just, if you think of what he's doing for the world. Well, that's where I... Well, you disagree with that? Uh, a little bit. And, and by and the way, certainly do, a good business. You can't even agree to agree with each other. Yeah, right. On things that he's doing for a good business. You got to charge those cars, dude. Use some coal. Okay. <laughs> See? Yeah. Forty percent forty percent coal. Just give me Thanks my subsidies. For that up. <laughs> and that's Squawk Pod for today and for the week. Happy weekend. Squawk Box is hosted by Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. Tune in weekday mornings on CNBC at six Eastern. It's fun. If you're not drinking wine that comes in a six pack, you're not invited. Get the smartest takes and best analysis from our TV show right into your ears when you follow Squawk Pod. This podcast is free and available wherever you listen. Find us on Twitter at Squawk CNBC, and we'll meet you back here on Monday. Have a good weekend. We are clear. Thanks, guys. 
This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx. 